0: to First Church Charlotte.
1: Attention. And so, uh yeah, that's the plan. I hope everybody is doing wonderful tonight. It is a, a privilege to spend a few moments with you uh, on this Wednesday evening. I am uh, still, full disclosure, I'm still in the terrified stage of uh, hybrid church. Um, I, <laughs> that's <a> true story, <laughs> but I'm I, there's also an excitement to it also, because I know looking at these names, a lot of you, uh, you wouldn't be able to make the drive to church uh, and be there in person. So you just would miss. I'm excited for that regard. And I'm also excited in the sense that um, we have the opportunity to do some q and um, I think that is that is very, very important uh, as we address real world, um, real faith, real challenges, and as a, you know, trying to make good decisions uh, with that in mind. So I am, I am addressing a subject that I have been requested to do. These are my favorite subjects, although sometimes they terrify me. Uh, I was asked by one of our, our leaders, actually, um, what do we do when we have been a chronic prayer? for a specific need and we have prayed and we have prayed and we have we've prayed some more and we are trying to keep the faith we're trying to be spiritually effective but honestly it seems as though it's a waste of everybody's time so let's do something real quick um if you have felt this way in your life if you have um you've had a prayer request that you prayed for and prayed for and prayed for, and it seemed like it was to no avail. Um, Why don't you just raise your hand in front of the camera here real quick? Um, Not all of you have your camera on. That's okay. I just, I want to create this moment where we all acknowledge that this is very, very much a part of living a life of faith. And so I want to deal with this issue, why God doesn't answer prayer. And I want to do it biblically. And I want to learn from the study of it and I'll try to move through this. Uh, I do have notes that I will put on your screen. You also can go to the website. I'm not exactly sure they're up at this moment, but you can go to the web website and, uh, and uh, download those if you want to try to follow along. Um, so I'm going to share my screen, and we will we will get started here so you'll be able to see these notes. so the the issue is, um, when God doesn't answer, how do we how do we deal with the reality of sometimes uh, God doesn't answer? Well, the first thing I want to say is, uh, let's let's be real, let's be transparent, and let's admit that God does not answer every prayer request that in many cases is a blessing because we often ask amiss. Uh, some of you prayed that you would marry somebody and if you see them now, you're like, thank God for unanswered, unanswered prayers. Um, you have a, a challenge uh, to trust God when you don't have an answer. Um, and so let's start off by just being 100% transparent, not acting you know, particularly super spiritual or anything. I want us to all to accept this fact. We live life in the flesh. We seek to be the citizen of another kingdom, though. But the reality of living a life in the flesh uh, is that we are all going to get sick. This does not mean God doesn't love us. (laughs) This does not mean that he's not on our side. This is a reality of living as temporal fleshly beings. Um, And so I am not trying to give you a formula where God has to answer your prayer. Remember we serve God. God does not serve us. And so we're all going to get sick and we all are going to have to leave our future with god Um, i additionally want to say all of us born of woman are going to die unless the rapture takes place and when we pass it will not mean that god doesn't love us and it will not mean that we failed do you understand what i'm saying um death is not the end death is part of the journey we all of us I want you to get that. Death is part of the journey. Uh, all of us as a final testimony, the faith are going to have, if the Lord tarries, an opportunity to die well, to die in faith, to die praising God. I've been by the bedsides of strong believers who died praising God. So uh, we're all going to get sick, and we're all eventually, if the Lord tarries, we're going to die. This doesn't mean that God doesn't answer prayer. Lastly, in this First Things First section, I want to address this issue of um, is God tricking us somehow? Is he withholding prayer to torment us? Uh, is he like a kid with a, a dog, with a dog biscuit? And he's like, here you can have it, no you can't. Here you can have it, no you can't. Um, is God tricking us? Is God somehow incentivizing us to beg or to plead pitifully? Um, no, this is the wrong way to view uh creator. Um, God is enlisting us to do his will here on earth. That means he oftentimes has to work on us before we can do his will. And so a lot of the ups and downs of our life is really a spiritual becoming. Let's, let's be honest, it's a spiritual becoming. And uh, we have to hold on to faith even in the midst of the storm. Why? Because we have to become the tool uh, that God can use. And the state of our heart, reflects directly upon the one we serve the state of our family reflects upon the God we serve and so God works on us to do what to manifest his will and to reflect his nature to the world Uh, the flip side is that we can we can choose to reflect reflect Lucifer which is the worship of self we can strive to make ourselves the center of uh, uh, our service to God, if you if you would think of it that way. Um, so uh, having laid these three uh, foundations here that we're all going to die, that doesn't mean God doesn't answer prayer. We're all going to get sick. <laughs> that doesn't mean God doesn't answer prayer. Uh, and God's not tricking us, uh, tormenting us with Uh, withholding uh, good gifts to us. God is much more invested in us becoming useful tools in his hand um, because the purpose of this great work of grace is not so we would attain our heights, but it's that we might be joined into the body of Christ to exalt God and fulfill his kingdom here on earth. So I have divided this subject of when God doesn't answer, I've divided it into three sections. Um, The first section is things that are easy to understand. And the second section are things that are not so easy to understand. And the last section is things that are just flat hard to understand. I want to give it to you that way, because if we think that, if we think that, um, we can get to a place of knowledge where we do not have to choose faith. We are deceiving ourselves. There is no level of biblical knowledge that you can attain where you will not have to stare your fear in its eye and choose faith. You see, you don't conquer fear, you choose courage. And so if you're looking for a type of formula where you don't have to have faith, it doesn't exist. It didn't exist for the Apostle Paul, and if it didn't exist for the Apostle Peter, I promise you, it's not gonna exist for us. We live the just live by faith. And so let's talk first about this issue of uh, the things that are easy to understand that stops answers to prayer. Uh, the obvious thing is sin separates me um, from God. This is this is uh, foundational and it is easy to understand. You don't have to have seven days of fasting and 12 days of prayer to understand this. Uh, sin separates us from God. In fact, the beginning of the Bible is the story of how sin separates us from God, so under the categorization of things that are easier, easy to understand about this issue of when God doesn't answer prayer, uh, let's be honest that uh, sin hinders prayer. John nine verse number thirty-one. We know that God does not listen to sinners; He listens to the godly person who does His will. Now that's a strong verse, and I want to caution you all not to make a doctrine out of a single witness. We do not make doctrine out of a single witness in. Uh, the scripture, but in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Uh, you've heard me say that a lot. You will hear me say it a lot more. My point is this. There is something here where John writes and says, God does not listen to sinners, but he uh, listens to the godly person who does as well. We all started as sinners. And so I think a way for us to understand this is for us to see that we repent and God hears us. We, we aren't Godly yet, but we repent. You see, God is able to track the state of my heart. That's why I don't trick God. That's why I I don't deceive God. That's why I can't be satisfied with a form of godliness a church culture style i can't look at that and say that's why i'm saved this is what the whole sermon on the mount is about is is your heart right i know i know the religious types jesus is saying i know all you guys you have lots of things you say moses says this moses says that but let me tell you if your heart's not right then you are erring uh, because God is able to look at the heart. So when we read a verse like this, we know that God does not listen to sinners. You could take that one verse and build uh, a doctrine of deception. and you could spin it all the way around well where we all start as sinners and as a result, God doesn't hear prayer. You see how absurd that would be. God knows your heart. Uh, Psalm 66 verse number 18. "If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. So now we have a second witness and you're starting to see the shape of the thing uh, come into place. If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Uh, This matters. Uh, The Lord knows our heart. This is why it's so important that we humble ourselves before the Lord. There's no place of attainment where we do not humble ourselves before the Lord. There's no place of spiritual accomplishment where we do not confess our sins first to God and then to spiritual support in our life, whether it's mentors, pastors, we have to stop the deception that we're the hero in our own story. We're not. Jesus is the hero in our story and everybody else needs mercy and forgiveness. And I want to have a big amen. I need to get a button that when I push that button, I get a real loud amen that comes right through, through you all because it makes me less long-winded um, we must see this principle that um, if i cherish iniquity in my heart the lord doesn't listen to my prayers um, and we have to see it through the eyes of grace not the eyes of works why it's not that works don't matter works do matter works is how you tes- testify of your life change let men see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. The problem is when works glorifies you rather than your father, which is in heaven. You see, that's the problem. When we use a form of godliness, we use a style uh, to really make ourselves look super spiritual rather than exalting the name of the Lord. Um, We see this principle through works and not grace. We're never gonna be good enough to have God owe us salvation. We're never gonna earn it. It's the goodness of God that we have hope in our life. Our goal in this issue of sin separating us from God is to pursue real spiritual intimacy. Our values begin to reflect God's values. We are one with God's heart. People see our choices, they see our values, they see how we spend everything from our money to our time to our future, and they see God in it. Um, Now you're able to manifest God to the world that he has placed you in. So let's be honest, um, the easiest thing to understand as to why God would not (laughs) answer prayer is this principle that sin separates us. From God, Uh, The second thing that's easy to understand in terms of prayer, not making, as it were, reaching the throne room of heaven and God not answering our prayer is uh, the lack of faith. This is this is easy to understand. There's a ton of scriptures on this. Any believer should get this and not have a problem with it. Um, Matthew 21, verse 21, Jesus answered them. Truly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt and do not doubt and do not doubt if you have faith and do not doubt Uh, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree but even if you say to this mountain be taken up and thrown into the sea it will happen if you have faith and do not doubt Um, what is the state of mind you find yourself in when you're asking god to intervene i have prayed in the state of mind of fear and if you've served god very long you probably have too i have prayed in the state of mind of desperation i have prayed in the state of mind of anger i have prayed in the state of mind where i wanted god to get them because they were lying and no good sinners, etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, um, uh, that's not how we move the heart of god toward a specific need um, we pray in faith uh, we pray in faith. We pray in faith. And so if you cannot be sure, I I've, I can hear some of you uh, wanting to ask right now, well, how do I know if I'm praying in faith? Well, uh, I'm going to help you. Um, if you don't know whether or not you're praying in faith, make sure you're praying in hope <laughs> because that always makes it simple. Do you see? It always makes it simple for you to pray in hope. Um, that's an easier Hurdle to jump over than uh, faith. You don't know if you have real mountain moving faith. Well, if you can pray in hope, you might actually be praying in faith. But if you can't pray in hope, I promise you, you're never going to get to faith. And so the second one is to pray in trust. Uh, Praying in hope makes it simple. Praying in trust makes it submission. Praying in trust is, God, I need this, I desire this, but you know the way that I take. If there's another way for me to do this, I'd like to do that. But nonetheless, not my will, thy will be done. That is praying in uh, submission. And that's why it's it's such a great way to approach God. If you're unsure how strong your faith is, make sure you're praying in the hope of God's promise, and make sure you are submitting to God's will. And I personally believe in my life, if I can get hope right, and I can get submission right. In other words, faith says God's going to do it. Trust says God, whatever you decide, I'm good with your ways. Better than mine. If I can get those two things right, I feel like it's like a stepladder that I'm getting closer to faith. Um, and the uh, one other thing I don't have it in the notes here, but in my personal life, I just come to me as I was talking. One of the best things I can do is share it with someone I spiritually trust the faith that I have because I find that faith reflected it's like um, you know it's easier if someone's with you and if I speak my faith to someone I trust who I don't feel like is going to use it against me if if my temporary uh, prayer is not answered um, it builds it builds my faith so we talked about um, categories uh, that are easy to understand and I think these are easy Uh, number one uh sin number two is the lack of faith now let's move into some areas that are not so easy to understand but very much may be a part very much may be a part of why our prayers are not being answered um it's just let's be honest at the beginning these are harder to understand all right um the first thing that is somewhat more difficult to understand in terms of when my prayers aren't being answered is the possibility that I might, I might be praying in opposition to God's will for my life. You see, as I said, I believe last week, we don't want blessing at any cost from anything or anybody. We want God's blessing. Um, we want what God would give us. Um, this is abraham saying i won't keep the wealth of these kings because people will say that's how i got wealthy i'm going to give it back to them so people will know anything i have god gave to me Um, i don't want a miracle that's not god's will to give me um, uh, if that makes sense at all I, i don't want to embrace a miracle that only makes sense to me, but it's not God's will uh, for me. Um, I have come to believe that when we try to move God against his will, and there is biblical examples where that has happened, King Hezekiah is the probably the one that comes most immediately to most of our minds. Um, please don't let me die, please don't let me die, please don't let me die, he prayed to the Lord and the Lord gave him seven more years, but Hezekiah, lost his way in those seven years, do you see? Um, And so it's possible that God's not answering my prayer because I am praying in opposition to his will. First John five, verse number 14, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, a great scripture to memorize if we ask anything according to his will he hears us and if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask we know that we have requests that we have asked of him uh, there's a good number more scriptures on this subject but if god's not answering a prayer request we might be praying in opposition to his will this is where if we go back to making sure we have submission right um we can save ourselves from a lot of uh, troubles, setbacks and trials. The second thing that is harder to understand, we have to spend more time in prayer and spiritual reflection to get right. The second thing is when our motives are wrong. In other words, it's not the prayer that is wrong, it's the one who prays. And this is very, very common. Um, we ask uh, amiss, we, it's not just God's will, that we're outside of is that we're asking for something that doesn't even reveal his heart it's like not even a testimony of heaven's kingdom James 4 verse number 3 when you ask you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. God is not primarily interested in serving us. He will not be a second-class deity. He's either Lord of all or he's not going to be Lord. And so, well, I mean, he's still the Lord of all, and a day is coming when every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess. But in your life, in the sovereignty of your right to choose who you're going to be and how you're going to live, um, you can dethrone him. And move, remove him and go back to the path of Lucifer. Place yourself on the throne and make yourself the final judge of all things good and evil. Um, when our motives are of this world, um, we need a spiritual confrontation. We need god to chasten us to bring our motives into his will um, and so if there's a prayer request that you're not being answered on you need to make sure you're not praying in opposition to his will you need to make sure your motives are not of this world and lastly there's a possibility that we're not getting an answer because um, we either aren't listening to the answer or we are unsatisfied with the answer god has given us there is a long tradition in the Bible of people being unhappy with the answer uh, they were given. But I think the most uh, painful, tragic example is the house of Israel itself. John chapter number one, verse number one, uh, or verse number 11, I should say. He came unto his own and his own received him not. Here is the Messiah they've been praying for. Here's the one they have pled, Messiah come, Messiah come. Here's the one they've longed to see and he comes and they turn away their face from him. Jesus answered the prayer, they just didn't like the answer he gave. um, As but, as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on uh, his name. Uh, this, these three things are in the category of they're not so easy to understand, but they are real. They are absolutely real. Um, and all of these are under this kind of heading, it's not the prayer that's wrong but the one who prays. Um, and so we can be in opposition to God's will. Uh, secondly, our motives can be of this world I know mine have been of this world at times, Uh, and lastly, uh, we cannot be satisfied with the answer that God has given, or we can be unhappy. We just aren't listening. And so we only will take an answer we approve of. This is uh, unfortunately fairly common in the church history and the church world where people of otherwise strong faith, um, they only can they, they, they only will accept an answer they approve of. That's why they crucified Jesus. He was not an answer that they could approve, approve of. They wanted a warrior king not a lamb led to the slaughter. And since they did not prove, approve of a lamb that would die at the hand of Rome, rather than a soldier who would crush the empire of Rome, they turned away from him. So these three things are a little bit more difficult for us to understand in this area of unanswered prayer. But the last category is those that are quite hard to understand. And so I'm gonna leave time at the end of this for some questions. And um, I want you to be able to uh, uh, ask some of these questions. So let's go to the difficult one, things that are hard to understand. This, I would say more than anything else, else. is uh, the difficult of uh, the things that are hard to understand is this, what I call the problem of sovereignty. Now, what do I mean by that? That sounds like a fancy uh, a term that nobody knows what I'm talking about. Um, but it basically is this. God has given each of us the right to choose our way. We can stand in spiritual submission. We can be clay upon a potter's will. But this clay can walk right off the potter's will. We can go our own way. Even in the Old Testament, God did not force himself. Even in the Old Testament, God did not force himself. How much more in the New Testament can we say that God did not, does not force himself? Uh, Deuteronomy 30 verse number 15, today the Lord says, I am giving you a choice. You can choose life and success or death and disaster. I am commanding you to be loyal to the Lord, to live the way he has told you and to obey his laws and teachings. Um, What are we seeing here? Uh, Through the prophet, the Lord is saying himself, look, you can choose. So the most common prayer request that I feel like people of faith wrestle with is when they pray for a loved one, year after year after year, and nothing changes. Now, I could um, ask you how many of you have done this, but let me just say I would say more of you have than haven't. And I myself have done this. Uh, The personal example that I would give that's humorous is when I was in seventh grade, I had a crush on a girl at school. And I decided that I could pray her into the church because she was so pretty, I just knew she needed Jesus. That's funny. And I made a commitment, I was in seventh grade, I was gonna pray every day, and I did. I prayed every day, every day, every day. And um, obviously she never came to our church, she went to a different church. Um, Here's the reality. Um, We all know this, but we still can allow ourselves to fall into a type of spiritual depression because people we've prayed for for years don't give their heart to God. Some of the most powerful men of faith that I know have children, not all of their children, but at least one of their children who has decided not to serve the Lord that's a true thing um my uh, my family has been a little bit of a unique in that regard all of us are serving the lord as best we can far from perfect but as best we can and all of us are even in ministry um which in many ways i feel like is a testimony to my mom and dad um i hope that i would have that level of a that kind of a thing but i, I want you to know um that's that's not even the regular thing uh, in among ministers of faith it is very very common for some of the most powerful preachers prophets men of faith that i've ever been exposed to to have one or two children or maybe all their children who reject uh, the word of god our family's pastor uh, david f gray they um um, he is probably the best one of the best teachers bible teachers of his generation lived a flawless life a life without reproach without sin i mean and uh neither of his children chose to stay in the church as he had as he had um Pastored it. Now, does that mean that he's a failure? If he would no. If he was alive, he would still be praying for them every day. This is where the unanswered prayer is hard to understand because we can forget that God will not force himself on anybody. Um, so, parents, if you have children that are not serving the Lord, um, I want to try to stop this dysfunctional cycle of blaming yourself. The reason why is because um, if you are in mourning for the decision that somebody who had free will to make, who had their own sovereignty, their own free will, if you are in mourning because of what they chose, um, what that means is you're blind to all the sons and daughters who are hungry and are all around you in our church. Don't stop praying for your loved one, but don't carry all the blame and all the sorrow and all the mourning in yourself. You're just casting away your confidence in God. What you have to be able to say is, Lord, there, there's always going to be things I think I could have done better, but uh, I did what I, I I did what I could. I did my best, and I'm leaving them with you. You love them more than I do. I'm going to pray every day that you would reach them, touch them, stir them. Um, But I am not going to go into mourning because of this and cast away my spiritual potential. The same thing is true in the role of mentoring. Um, If you've taught Bible studies, you've had a lot of people. I mean, you've had a lot of people who they go through like four or five Bible studies with you. And then one day they send you a text or a call and they're done. They don't want to do it anymore. And you're like, what did I do? What did I say? Well, you may not have done or said anything. People have to choose. This is the arena of unanswered prayer that is a little bit difficult uh, for us to understand. God will not force my loved one to repent. So I cannot waste my prayer to pray against God's nature. (laughs) I don't, I cannot ask God to force anyone. That would be against his nature. So I will not ask him to force anyone, do you see? We don't want to pray that prayer. Um, And neither, let me flip this over. Um, Some of you may be thinking of the passage in the New Testament where, when Paul was being fought in ministry by people, he said, I turn them over to the devil. Um, for the devil to do um, isn't it interesting that he didn't turn him over to the Lord <laughs> you ever thought about that passage The Paul didn't turn him over to the Lord Paul turned him over to the devil because the devil is very much interested in forcing <laughs> now in this situation Paul is not praying for people who just have went their own way these are th- people that are fighting the work as he is trying to do it and so even even though Paul has that in the New Testament, I, I don't wanna be in that role myself uh, where I pray for someone to be turned over to the devil because I I, I don't know that I am as spiritually astute as the Apostle Paul, um, and if some, any of you think you are as spiritually astute as the Apostle Paul, I just want you to tell me how many times you've been shipwrecked, <laughs> how many times you've been snake bit, and how many times you've been caught up into the seventh heaven. <laughs> yeah, if you, you understand what I'm saying, Um, um, we don't want to turn people over to destruction, but we can pray a prayer. Lord, will you arrange things in their life where they are brought to a spiritual crucible, so to speak? Can you work out things in their life where they are challenged? They are in some way challenged to turn away from the pleasures of the flesh, or you can pray this. God, God, say say you know what they get meaning from lord would you help them to see through the lie of this world's meaning Would you help them to see through the deception of uh, what they are turning to as a false God? That's a a legitimate, legitimate prayer. But we don't wanna pray for someone in the sense that we are asking God to change his nature in order to reach them. Uh, Further, we don't wanna pray judgment upon anyone. We pray good upon other people. Um, And then we don't do a type of spiritual calculus and say, well, God said it'd be twice as worse. Um, And I'm watching because remember, God's not an algorithm. You're not going to fool him. He knows your heart. Just turn him over to God and say, Lord, you've forgiven me so much. The least I can do is forgive other people. And then you're doubly blessed. You're blessed in the giving, and you're blessed in the receiving. Um, And so in the last arena of this hard to understand issue is a reminder of um, the the lord's prayer where we pray this thy will be done because if i'm not careful as a pastor i can pray for my will to be done and the challenge then is who's serving who um i can pray lord i want to have a the biggest television television christian show in the world well i don't know if that's the will of the lord that might be my will i want to have a private jet i want a church in charlotte a church in atlanta and a church in london that might be my will but i don't know that that's god's will do you see what i'm saying um as though god has nobody in london he has to send me over there you know at the price of a hundred thousand dollars round trip um so these are this is uh, something that I think is a challenge for us in the arena of um, difficult, the more difficult issues of prayer uh, for us to pray. So I'm going to move over into the question and um, see if we can we can answer um, anything, um, Charla, That's a great question um, about the issue of we know that prayer can break the yoke as the bible says and things can change Um, how does that make sense with free will Um, the reason i believe that that makes sense even in the reality of uh, people being agents of free will the principalities and powers that exist in a spiritual uh, plane as it were work an agenda they promote an agenda in uh, a generation that generation does not represent. Most of that generation does not represent the perpetrators of the lie. They represent the sheep that are deceived. So when we pray against a yoke, we're acknowledging that there are forces that are deceiving, and there are hearts that are deceived and we're not praying that god would force the sheep to come into the fold amen that god would break the back of the lie yes it's being perpetrated upon a generation and all generations have lies all generations have lies you can go back and they are generational belief systems All nations develop cultures that then develop belief systems. And it is in the matrix of these interwoven belief systems that deception works. So from deception, this leads to oppression. This is when the lie is not something that you believe only, that's deception. It is something that you endure the consequences of you are bound by it i hope that makes
0: so sense. so you're talking about spiritually breaking the yoke of something that's going on in the spirit world yes
1: yes so a person who is um they first believe a lie and then that lie works out consequences do you see in their life <laughs> that lie works out consequences. And that can be oppression. That can be another form of yoke. That can be another form of bondage. Uh, Nowadays, um, there are specific challenges that our young people face um, because of social media where um, the only people who are... Okay, so when a lot of us went to school, we didn't know about other schools, okay? So there would be in our school, let's say, 10% of the kids who are the most popular. Okay, so say it's a school of 500, there's maybe like the top 50 kids in that school. And um, they may have a little bit more money than us, whatnot, maybe a little bit prettier than us, a little bit smarter than us, but they were a part of us, do you see? And then social media came and you're no longer connected to the 50 brightest of the 500 that you're comparing yourself to. You're now connected to the 50 brightest, prettiest, smartest, richest in a nation of 250 million. And the distance between you and them gets to a point where you feel like you have no value. Oh. They drive, they're, They got a Lamborghini when they graduated. What did you get? You got a job. That's what I got when I graduated. You understand what I'm saying? How do you compete with that? And so our kids are constantly having their value crushed by the world they're not smart enough they don't run fast enough they're not being compared to the top two percent of their high school they're being compared to the top one percent of the nation maybe the world that's that's an impossible it's an impossible and so that's one of the reasons why uh there's 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 some of the problems in our society this represents a type of a yoke where young people believe their value comes from popularity we need to pray against that yoke we need to break that yoke um you understand what i'm saying someone says well i don't know how to do it well i'll tell you how praying about it won't hurt Um, We have to believe that our prayers, our prayers matter. And so um, do you have any follow up questions on that, that break in the yoke?
0: No, I think my point was that to see that it is more of a spiritual thing as opposed to changing a person's, um, you know, their basic mind about something. But you can over time influence things in the spirit if it is a spiritual thing that is affecting their mind right you can pray against that
1: right um so the thing is is god will not move against their will but if the lie is broken in them for the first time they're no longer to see deceived and to them it'll feel like they really for the first time in their life get to choose because out when you're deceived you don't even think the church can help you but if the lie is broken you'll think maybe i should go back to church Right. Um, and so, we can't pray where God forces anybody to do something. That's not how God works, but we can pray against the bondage, the lies of the generation, the oppression, uh, the demonic activity, and that's where we work. Um, and the thing that moves people, interestingly enough, once you become believers, you're moved a lot by the spiritual, let's be honest. You come to church three times a week, <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you're all in, um, we're moved by the spiritual. But when you're an unbeliever, you're not moved by the spiritual. And what Touches our heart oftentimes seems weird to the unchurched, um, and this is just the nature, the nature of of, of uh, getting comfortable with spiritual things. And this is where the thing that really moves people is the fruit of the Spirit in our life. When they're at a place where they cannot receive the spiritual, and when they become a believer, they can understand the spiritual. But until they get there. It is the it is love that never fails. Angels fail, doctrines, tongues, prophecies, knowledge, wisdom fails. All power fails. Love doesn't fail. And so that is a that is um, when you're trying to transform somebody, it, 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 love them, <laughs> love them. And um, that is that is uh, that is I think uh, a hard, a high goal for all of us. So here we are. Um, I
0: Pastor, I'm sorry. So there's there's another question in the box, but also I think some people can't type right now. Maybe they're driving. So if you want to turn on the the microphones to hear, if anybody has a verbal question, that might would help. Yeah, just raise your ahead.
1: hand and I'll acknowledge you once I work through these questions. Um, so we still have 17 minutes, which gives us a good minute, a good bit of time um, to explore some of these ideas. Um, That's a good point you raise, um, uh, Don. If what we pray for aligns with God's will for that person will he or she uh, respond if what we pray for aligns with God's will for that person Um, the thing there is people we cannot submit to God's will for someone else Uh, and God it's God's will that none perish so everybody who's not right with God right now is out of God's will. And it's God's will for them to be saved, but we they are not submitting to that will. Um, however, I will say this, um, prayer makes a difference in ways we do not understand. We cannot try to formulize this and treat, create a spiritual calculus where we know how Amen. God moves. God moves like the wind. Amen. Amen. And he, 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 you, you never know how God is going to work. Um, and so when you get in the habit of praying for someone, um, just remember when you're praying, you don't have to be talking all the time. Um, um, I so uh, what do I mean by that? Um, when I don't know how to pray, a lot of times I'll just dwell. I'll just kind of keep, let that worship music play, pray, and I'll, I'll begin asking the Lord, Lord, what's the right prayer to pray? Now that sounds silly, I know, but I'm just being, I'm just being honest. Lord, what is the right way to pray? For this situation i don't want to deny them their sovereignty because i'm not even in line with you when i do that lord is are they deceived is there a central do you see how i'm working through this lord is there a is there a central deception in their life is there an addiction um, is there is there a wound is it church hurt um You get the idea. Um, So, uh, Beverly, uh, if it's the Lord's will that nuns should perish and we're praying for God's will for a lost loved one, yet they still have the power to choose. Absolutely. But don't assume that we understand all the depths of God's grace. Um, I want to I want to say that I will always celebrate the grace of the Lord. Now, do not ask me to lay down my doctrine because I cannot lay down my doctrine. Um, But. Don't neither ask me to celebrate because someone didn't obey my doctrine. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm not going to celebrate, and if if I get to heaven and I find out that the Roman Catholics are there, I promise you, I'm going to. You know what I'm going to say? Calvary. <laughs> <laughs> <Very> <laughs> say, oh, man, God's. I'm not going to lay down my doctrine. I cannot right. lay down my doctrine because if I do that, what? Let's just be mystics. Let's not even try to build upon Scripture. We don't want to just be mystics. We want to build on scripture. And so I don't have to lay down my doctrine, but neither do I have to be quick to put somebody... In heaven or in hell do you see it's just there's no need to do it whatsoever Um, so uh, two raised hands Um, let me throw in before we go these let me throw in a couple quick announcements uh, for Sunday since we have uh, 52 people in the room thank you all for joining us Um, Sunday this year um, we're going to be having a lot of things happening outside we're gonna have a drive-through Easter prayer tent happening outside we're gonna be having bounce house for the kids are going to be having easter egg hunts there'll be a lot of in and out and so the result of that is much of our team will much of our team will be not dressed in easter style best thing in their closet they'll be dressed more casually they'll we'll be wearing their love god love people t-shirt um, and in fact i'll probably wear a love god love people t-shirt under my suit jacket because um, you know how i have to be i have to be fancy so uh, you understand what i'm saying so i want you to be aware of that if you want to break out the best thing in your closet by all means knock yourself out um but know that we will be most a lot of the team will be kind of dressed down to serve out in the heat all right amanda um can you unmute your mic uh it's the button on the bottom left and speak your question
0: um i didn't have a question i did i was just trying to um respond to something you said but it didn't work right so sorry
1: okay that's all right no problem glad you're here um yeah brother rick you had a you had your hand up yeah i was uh just a thought came to me about brother don's question uh when you know it's the will of the lord in a person's life and just just the very simple scripture paul plants apollo's waters but god gives the increase if we'll do our part He'll do his. Amen. 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 We have lived that. <laughs> we have lived that. Uh, different roles, different uh, positions. Um, I, w- I would say, I want to talk about this. Um, how? Yes,
0: I'm sorry. There was one more question in the box that you missed.
1: Okay. What does submission look? Like as we try to reconcile the brokenness of our hearts in response to unanswered prayers, so that bitterness doesn't set in your heart. In other words, how do we keep bitterness in way when the unanswered prayer is what feels like led to our brokenness? That's a great um, that's a great question because um, brokenness is the opposite. I just just to be clear with everybody, the opposite of. Uh, Let me say it this way. The opposite of bitterness is gratitude. The opposite of bitterness is gratitude. The opposite of gratitude is bitterness. Um, And so how do we keep bitterness away when the unanswered prayer is what feels like led to our brokenness? The most common situation I run into like this is the loss of a loved one, particularly when you did not see it coming when they were young. Like for example, Zach's uh, nephew that just passed this week—absolute uh, heartbreaker, absolute heartbreaker—a life so young. Um, in a situation like that, um, this is th- th- this is a submission to. Uh, we're not judging God; we're submitting to God. I don't know the ways of God so i'm going to hold on to my faith when i do not understand the ways of god because if you only obey your king when you agree with your king then they are not your king they're your peer um (laughs) the only way that you can place someone in the role of sovereignty in your life royalty is you obey full stop period you obey full stop period um and so in issues where we feel like we're wounded because of an unanswered prayer um i i want to say this i want to say to you what the lord said to the most famous unanswered prayer in the bible anyone want to know what the most famous unanswered prayer in the bible is the apostle paul needs a miracle so we can do the work of god and he prayed three times intentionally powerfully and you know what the lord said my grace grace is sufficient (laughs) that's the most powerful unanswered prayer in all the word of god now at this moment it would be okay it would be natural to think well paul you can get mad at god um or you can repeat to yourself the word that God has given you. Whenever God has given you a word, never let it just be spoken once in your life. I want you to get that. When God has given you a word, never let it just be spoken once in your life. Your duty is to speak that word. You speak that word. If you feel like God has given you a word, don't don't just say it you know for a few weeks you say it now if it feels awkward and you don't want to say it to others find some people it's safe to say it to and say it to them if you don't have anybody who's safe makes join with the body of christ there's people who are safe but say it in your own prayer say it in your own those of you who have been praying for lost loved ones um speak faith as though it were a prophetic command for a mountain to be cast in the sea. I'll give you my example of doing that. I don't know how and I don't know when, but Lord, I believe you're gonna find a way to touch their heart to break the lie that is imprisoning them, shatter the yoke that is holding them in addiction. And you are going to, by your great mercy and your powerful strength, lead them into newness of life. I praise you for it today. Now, I've not asked God to force them. I've worshiped God. I've praised God. There is no harm. There is no foul. And I've also restored myself because here's the reality about the hidden the hidden world of pain and bitterness that exists between our ears. Um, Our subconscious does not have the ability to tell between the difference of language spoken in the manner of our conscious mind. There's a difference between our subconscious and our conscious. This is why it's so dangerous to speak doubt to yourself because although and I'm, I'm guilty of this too. And my wife yells at me and throws shoes at me from across the room. <laughs> I feel Like a failure, I'll say I'm a failure and a shoe will come flying by. You know why? My subconscious cannot yeah. tell the difference. Does that make sense? Like my conscience can. My conscience can say, oh, you're just saying that. My subconscious, it has a different process. And if I'm not careful, <clears throat> I will live out a bitterness that I should not have lived out because I had an undisciplined carnal tongue. And so I want to say to all of you, if you are in the habit of speaking negativity, stop. Um, even if it's kind of like silly like I do, because I'm guilty of that, I'll be silly. I'll be like, that's the worst message I've ever preached in my life. My, my 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 mama heard that she would disown me you know now I'm being silly but we have to be careful with the faith that um with the words that we say and so uh <clears throat> I'm getting sidetracked from this issue of of bitterness um and so with with right prayer I believe um comes spiritual healing um I honestly believe that I believe once we start praying right and we stop um, praying in anger, praying in fear. Uh, with that, can come healing. Um, bitterness is always going to be a battle, depending on the level of hurt in your life. So, don't collect hurts. Don't be like a don't be like a a wound looking for a knife. Don't collect hurts. Because every time you collect a hurt and every time you put it in your display cabinet and you're so proud of it and you get it out every so often, look at it and polish it. That's, they said this about me. Or you tell your friend that every time you get that over, get that over, it's like the bartender poured you a shot glass of bitterness and you're not going to feel it now. Right now, you're going to have the seductive pleasure of being a tragic figure. So let me ask you this question. Do you want to be a tragic figure? Mm. this is a path of bitterness and sorrow i do not want to be a tragic figure and so i've got to quit taking out my favorite wounds and hurts and polishing them up and then sitting with a table with my friends Well, let me tell you about the time when a and pastor said this about me do i want to be a tragic figure it's a terrible way to live i don't want to be that way all right we had a hand raise samuel b speak
2: mr bridget (coughs) so um um, great great topic on this um on prayer uh so i have gotten to a point already where i got so so hurt and i felt like bitterness starting to set in and i i had to question how do i pray about this how do i really pray and without creating an offense you know to others to God to myself and and this is this is what I started to pray I said Lord how I felt this this pain it feels like a dagger in my heart a sword in my back and I asked the Lord if he could pull it out pull it out and that empty space that wound to fill it with his love and 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 those that you know because I always feel like when you're hurt I take 50% of it for myself and 50% for the the, the the person inflict on me and I would say okay I may feel the hundred but I'm it's not all that person it's not all the enemy that's working through that person and so therefore I take responsibility for what allow me how I allow myself to get there and that, that's how I pray so that you know I I know that I like I'm telling God the pain that I'm feeling and what it feels like and how I would like for him to to, to heal me from it so I don't create you know pain or should I say pray uh, a mist and contrary to God's word. Yes. Would that would that be an appropriate approach
1: Amen yeah um, that that's uh, what you're describing there is how you work through it. um and how you see it and how you and that's that's awesome and beautiful beautiful and uh we i I give you honor as a prayer warrior um one thing that everyone in the room will have to do is they'll have to figure out how to take that principle what you're doing is you're kind of organizing yourself you're not just letting yourself fly apart you're kind of organizing yourself um they're gonna have to find their way of doing that does that make sense Mm -hmm. you're talking about like i'm not taking it all i'm they have theirs i have mine mm-hmm. you know, that's that's you kind of getting yourself spiritually in order you're ordering your house you're mm-hmm. sweeping your house you know what yeah. i mean mm-hmm. I agree everyone with that. has to find their version of sweeping their house um mm-hmm. so you know how i sweep my house Like mm-hmm. bitterness um i i intentionally begin counting blessings I do that's how I fight bitterness I intentionally get uh, I if, if someone if someone if for some reason I feel like I'm wounded for something you know and I get to the church house I don't hide in my office I go over and I call it a hug Sunday I give everybody a hug uh-huh. and they're all setting up like trying to get on their equipment I'm just grabbing them and snatching them and hug them <laughs> because I'm counting my blessings I, it, in my way that's that's I'm sweeping my house and so um uh, i think all of us have to resist uh yeah i agree with that pastor the momentum of pain yeah (laughs) at some point you have to stop the momentum of pain and even if you don't know what to do next you can stop it and say okay i'm going to take a breath here i'm going to sort this out you know, so that's very good. Thank you all. Um, I, we're, we're coming up on an hour and um, that is, we do have some limits with our software. And so that is, um, that is very, uh, uh, first of all, thank you to all for the questions. I love the questions, uh, it inspires me. Um, and um, I just, I, I, think, I think it's a helpful learning experience. If you have a subject that you would like us to deal with next week, um, Shoot me an idea. That's how I got this week's. Um, I had someone who asked me specifically. um, I may not use it if you ask me about something like when the sons of God lay with the daughters of men and they're giants in the land. Uh, I I mean, uh, maybe, (laughs) you know, when the Bible's not clear, I don't want to be clear when the Bible is clear. I want to be clear Um, because I can't just make up my own Bible because, you know, someone elected me to lead a congregation. That doesn't give me the right. It's like the Pharisee putting himself in the seat of Moses. Jesus said, you suckers, put yourself in the seat of Moses. So um, but if there is something helpful that you're dealing with, something that's real, um, send it to me. We will do our best. I love it because it forces me to dig in. I mean, I, I spent all day yesterday digging into this, and I got all, all these things, and I was like, uh, "This I don't have time for this, don't have time for this. How can I organize this into things? And that's where I came up with, well, these are easy to understand. <laughs> these are not as easy, and these are hard to understand. So, um, I it forces me to, uh, to work and try. Thank you all. We love you. Let me pray over you, and then we'll be dismissed. Lord, thank you for your goodness in our life. Hallelujah. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your love. Uh, We are we are of you. We are adopted into your family. We are placed in your kingdom. We want to reflect your heart to the world in which you placed us. We know Lord that the reason why we're still here is that the doors of mercy have not closed and you want to reach as many people as possible and challenge them to turn their heart toward repentance, turn their heart toward the kingdom of God. We want to be a part of that Lord Jesus. We want to be a church. That is can be trusted with the ones you love, can be trusted with the weak, can be trusted with the wounded, and we, with your wisdom, can see them grow to strength and spiritual flourishing. Lord, help us all to reach out to loved ones, friends, connections this week for Easter. Um, help us to be social. Um, it's hard for us to influence people when we're not even friendly, so help us to be social. Help us to invite people Help us to include people that you might be glorified in it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I love you. Praise God. Have Bye. a great evening. Amen. Thank
0: Bye. you. Good night. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Thank Good you, night. Pastor. Bye. 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 Bye, Bye everyone. <laughs> Bye. 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 those who can remember park in the back
1: (laughs) oh yeah good idea if you can park in the back parking lot it'll help us for easter thank you very much
0: (laughs) thank you for listening to first church charlotte if this podcast has blessed you please rate it with four or five stars by doing so you'll help others find our free podcast